Good morning. Could you turn to someone and say Merry Christmas to them and good morning for a moment? Did you mind doing that? Meet someone around you? Hey, thank you for joining us today on campus. And through those of you that are joining us through Church at Home, we want to say that we are glad you're here. Whether you're sitting in this room or whether you're sitting at home in your PJs with all of your family, we are just thrilled that you're here this morning. So today we're going to continue talking about the promise. So grab your Bibles, your devices. We'll start in the book of Psalms 14 and then read from the book of John chapter 1. Before we do that, since this is so amazing that this season is about arrival, Advent, then I have to talk to you about another arrival. And so I'm going to ask Matthew and Sarah Cogswell to stand for a moment. Would you stand and turn and face your church family? So I'm thrilled to announce that we're going to have another Cogswell next year. Okay. Yes. Isn't that wonderful? It's all about arrival, correct? Isn't that good? So we are excited for that. And all I can say is I love you guys, but I'm glad it's you and not me. I really am. Yes. I, I just, I love you. Oh, I love hugging on them and, and, you know, and all that kind of good stuff, but then giving them back, right? And so let's, but you know, what do you want for Christmas? You say, I want one of those. Listen, talk to somebody who's had one of those. You may not want one of those, right? Yes. So what do you, it's a big question. It really is. And I want to say to you, just relax for a moment, including today, you still have five days to shop. You still have five days to shop. And here's the thing. If you're looking for online stuff, well, it may be too late. So you're going to have to old school it. We used to do this thing called in-person shopping. I don't know if you remember the day, right, where you actually went out and did it. Now I realize there's something new. It's called pop the trunk shopping. You know, it's where you pull up to the um, curbside and you lift the back. They put stuff in, you put it down, and you just take off like through the sky like Santa's sleigh. It's an amazing thing. So... This week, we had, Reba and I had this opportunity to talk to our two grandchildren, Abigail and Emma, in Atlanta. And we asked, Reba asked Abigail what she wanted for Christmas. Now, we did this the very traditional and normal way. Then we spoke to them through our Amazon show, and they, they dropped in on us. Now, I don't know if you know what dropping in is, an Amazon show, but let me explain it to you for a moment, if you don't know. It's this little box with a TV screen. It sits in our kitchen, and that um, our family can drop in on us anytime they want without letting us know that, right? That's creepy, isn't it? Yes, it really is. But we have a 25-second, like, um, you know, of warning it's fuzzy so you make sure that you're dressed properly is what it is right and and no, there's no surprises you know what i mean and so we um we 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 uh talk with them over our amazon show and sariba said what do you want for christmas abigail is two year old two years old what do you want for christmas and she said that she wanted a dunkin donut with sprinkles that's exactly what she did just like this right here she wants a dunkin donut with sprinkles you say man what kind of, uh, that's a great, well, Emma is nine, her sister, she wants a lot more than that, but Abigail wants a Dunkin' Donut with sprinkles. Well, they evidently either have seen this, our first service, or whatever, but we got a text between services, and Abigail wants me to clarify something to you. She's two years old. She said that she actually wants a chocolate Dunkin' Donut with sprinkles, okay? That's what she told me, so I got it wrong. Uh, you know, a story of my life, right? God loves me, though. There's grace, wonderful grace, yes. And so what I realize is this, that Advent is simply very much about, yeah, about what we really need in life. 
And so what do we need? If I were to ask you that question, what do you need? Then I think probably some of you would say that you need some hope in your life or some peace or some certainty. Maybe you're here today and you need forgiveness. You're sitting at home watching us from your living room and maybe you need some forgiveness within your life. And Advent meaning arrival, it's much more complex than that just of Christmas and that of providing what we want. Advent is really about what we need. It really is. That we love the shadows of the season, and I love them greatly as much as anyone else does. I love the lights and the trees and the gifts, and I love the, the donuts with sprinkles and more gifts. And I said gifts twice. That's important. I, absolutely. I love all the shadows. But what I realize about all of those shadows is they're a reflection of the substance of what this is about. It's about something greater. And so our challenge over the next few days is to wrap our minds and our hearts around the substance of this time of year. Because with great energy, man, we're going to celebrate and we're going to look into those shadows and we're going to have a great time over the next few days together. We really are. But what I hope, what I hope that we come to this understanding is of the already. And, and that is that that of the arrival of the Christ child. He came in a manger, but he dies as a savior for you and I. And then not yet. And that is he will come again. And when he comes again, he will make everything right in this world. And he will correct all injustices on the, on the planet for you and I. But that is substance. And so I thought about that. John Calvin writes concerning the incarnation of the Christ. He says that in Jesus' incarnation, it is God accommodating us. And man, that word accommodating, it really stuck out to me in my study to share with you this morning. And I thought, what does that mean? Because life is truly about accommodating. It really is. When you get married, you do a lot of accommodating with each other. You, you absolutely do that. When you have children, oh, you do a lot more accommodating. You do because what? It changes your whole house setting, doesn't it? It changes when you go to bed and when you get up. And if you get any sleep at all, it changes so much about our, our lives. And, and when you have children, at some point, you know, you simply trade in the Harley for a minivan. You really do. Why? Because, yeah, there you go. Because you can't find a car seat that matches the color of your Harley. That's why you have to get rid of it, right? And so we, we realize that life is about accommodating and it never stops. It doesn't. That is the incarnation. That Christ comes and he accommodates us. What do you mean, Mark? That he lives in our limitations and he lives in our parameters of life. That he comes as Jesus God wrapped in flesh. He comes like a parent who gets down on the floor with his kids or her kids and they play with him and they get on their level. That's exactly what God did for you and I during the incarnation. It's what he does. Oh, I love it when I have time with my granddaughters with Emma, who is nine, and Abigail, who is two, and and Selah, who is an infant right now, she's sitting on her front row with Reba. And, and soon enough, she'll be right there in the mix of the three of them. And we get on the floor and we do this thing called the claw. And the claw is me with my hand, but the claw seems to have a mind of its own, right? And, and the claw is just absolutely, it tickles and it pulls on their foot, you know, kind of deal. And it finds itself stuck on the top of their head. And they're screaming and yelling. And what I realize about little girls is this. They can squeal to decibels that are ear piercing. It's amazing. It really is. And so we make a lot of noise when we play like that. And then all of a sudden, here comes my son, who is 37. He comes in the room and he says to his two-year-old daughter and his nine-year-old daughter and his 62-year-old father to be quiet because we're making too much noise. That's what he says. And I love this. Because we're on the same level with one another. And I thought, 
Isn't that the beauty of the incarnation? Isn't that the beauty of the gift of God to you and I in sending his son? God accommodates us. Why? Because it's what we need. We have this huge need in our life that we're broken. From the very book of Genesis, we're broken. Our mother and father, Adam, decided they were smarter than God. So they choose to rebel against God. And so it breaks, it shatters this relationship that we have with God. And so what happens is God makes this promise. God makes a promise that the, at the appointed time, he would send one wrapped in flesh. That's the incarnation. So our sin simply reverberates through all time until we get to this point of the manger and God accommodates us because we need to be fixed because we are broken. And that's an amazing story that only God could put together. But how do you and I react to this story? How do we react to the truths of this story? How do you and I respond to our own brokenness? And I'll tell you how we do. Most of the time we try to fix ourselves is exactly what we do. We try to fix ourselves. Can I look, can we look at the scripture for a moment? That gives us a really clear picture of who we are. It's Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 3. Here's what it says. They've all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. That's us. It's speaking about you and I. Here is none who does good, not even one. And so what our culture tells us, which is totally opposite of that, that we are all innately very good people somewhere inside that we are. And so this is wrong. And what I realize when I look at myself and think I'm innately good is because I'm comparing myself to someone around me. And when I look at someone and I say, hey, listen, I'm not perfect, but I'm not them, right? And that makes me feel really good about myself. And so I think, oh, that's okay. Then I don't need God and I don't need forgiveness within my life. And so what I realize is this, that we go through life in the shadow of this beautiful story, this narrative, this truth. But we go through life not understanding how broken we really are. Why? Because we're comparing ourselves to the wrong things or the wrong person. Because when I compare myself to the holiness of God, what I realize is how corrupt I am and how that it is impossible for me within myself to be righteous. You see, in this room, we have one singular thing in common. We do. Well, maybe there's a couple more. We're breathing. If you're not breathing, then, you know, well, you know, we need to deal with that, right? Yes, but, but we do. We have that. I, I agree, you know. And, and so there's another thing we have in common, and, and that is it's not our ethnicity, and it's not that, you know, other things about us that maybe I could pick out our, our background or our economics, but it's the reality that as sinners, we're incapable of our own righteousness. We are. And I think that's a wonderful thing that we have that in common because sometimes you look around and think, man, they're perfect. They have life together. And what I realize is that we are this eclectic group of people that are really messed up in life and we need God. And for some of you, that discussion brings some shame and guilt in your life. You know why? Because you're thinking, well, maybe God didn't know that about me. But now, Mark, you have taken like the, you know, you have opened the bag and you have let the truth out. And so now God knows that. Can I tell you something about God and his relationship with you? He loved you when you were his enemy, what the scripture says. So what that simply means is that, that you are fully known by God and you are fully loved by God. And that's such a powerful thought, isn't it? And some of you are thinking, well, it's not me. You must be talking about someone else. And what I realize about my own life, and I think it's true about all of us in this room, that the joy to path in our life is truly an understanding of our brokenness, our, our propensity to sin within our lives. Because I think during this season, that can be lost in all the shadows of life. But what about the voice inside of you? 
What about the voice inside of you today that is simply points to the substance? What about the voice inside of you this morning, wherever you are, whether you're here or whether you're watching from church at home, what about the voice inside of you that says there's something better and I can't fix me? So how does God respond to our brokenness? I'm glad you asked. He accommodates us. Let me read you a story from John chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. It's a story of redemption. It's the Christmas narrative. But here's the beauty of it. It doesn't start in the manger. The Christmas narrative starts from the, from the very beginning in the heart of God. Even before creation, that's when that starts, God's love for you and I. And he goes on to say, All things were made through him, and without him was nothing or anything made that was made, that he is the agent of all of creation. And so if that the creation is so beautiful and what God has provided for you and I is so amazing, then how much more amazing is God? How much more amazing is the creator? In him was life and the life was the light of men. That's the incarnation. That's God being wrapped in flesh. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It's our sin, and it's the response of our Savior, and that is that it's accommodation. Because what has gone wrong in all of us can't be fixed by us. That's the point. That's the point that he's making. It's like, it's like you have a mess on the floor in your house, and so you take a dirty mop, and you try to simply clean it up with a dirty mop, and all you do is smear the mess and make it bigger. And that's what happens when we're trying to fix ourselves. Only God can do that through his love and forgiveness in our life. Look at verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's it. And we have seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. He's not some prophet. Understand that. He's not just some teacher. Those are the things that he does. But he is God in flesh. That's where you have to start in this journey of forgiveness and understanding that you are forgiven. For from him, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, he said. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth comes through Christ. The incarnate Christ, he accommodates us. He doesn't send more rules for you and I. He doesn't say, hey, you're struggling with 10 rules, so here's 10 more, right? And that's going to fix you. That's not what he does. No, he comes in truth. Why do we need truth? Because we need something better than ourselves. He does something that you and I cannot do. He comes in truth. He simply makes a way in grace and forgiveness Why? He accommodates us. He steps out of privilege and steps into the mess of our life knowing who we are. Forgiveness is here. God is committed to our forgiveness. God is is committed to our forgiveness. God did not just extend forgiveness. This is the beauty. And and I think that that I I end with this so you'll have an understanding of what's being said to us. It's not that just he extends forgiveness from heaven. It's not that he just says, okay, you're forgiven and everything is forgotten and you're all good. No, what God does is this. He sends forgiveness. Forgiveness has come and he sends forgiveness in the form of his son, Jesus. It's like a grandfather who gets in the floor and plays with his grandchildren that simply he comes and he accommodates us. What I realize is God loves us He provides for us and he cares for us. I realize that, but it's not because I am so spectacular. 
But I realize it's because he is great and spectacular. Because here's the thing. I can, I can increase in academia, academia. I can be smarter. I can increase in income. I can, I can love you more. I can be a better husband. I can be a better father. I can be a, a better human being. But there's one thing in life that I can't do. Well, there's a lot of things, but there's one huge thing in life that I cannot do. And what I cannot do is I cannot make that accommodation for myself. I can't do it. And sitting here, you know you can't. At home, you know you can't do that. It doesn't work that way. We were created by a God who loves us so much that the only way for you and I to have that accommodation is through Him. The only way. There is no other way. So sometime this week, coming week, that somehow, in some way, two-year-old Abigail Gaskew, she will most likely have a chocolate Dunkin' Donut with sprinkles on it some way. because, And somehow she will be accommodated you realize that Jesus, the second of the Godhead, the Son of the Father, came as an accommodation for you. It's a powerful thought. So that you would know love like never before and that you would be forgiven. So for a moment with me, Would you bow your heads for a moment of reflection? And then we will sing some more before we leave. Father, today as we sit before you in this room or we're sitting before you at home, God, that you would speak to us. That we sometimes go through life and find ourselves in a situation where we say, there is no way, God, that you could forgive me. There is no way, God, you could in any way, cover this with your forgiveness. And so, Lord, may you rush into our lives right now with the truth that there there is nothing beyond your forgiveness and there's nothing beyond you covering with your forgiveness today within our lives because you prove that by accommodating us because forgiveness was not just proclaimed over us, Father. But forgiveness came on our behalf. And so today we are forgiven. No matter what. So Lord, let that truth flood into our hearts and our minds today. Let that truth simply engulf us today. Let that truth be the substance that all the shadows of our celebration over the next couple of days will bring to light for us that we are forgiven because you love us, because you accommodated us with your son. And we accept that forgiveness today for our lives.